Welcome to the 41st episode of the Invincibly Comic Book Podcast of Stuff. I'm Tony Guerrero, Editor-in-Chief of ComicVine.com. And with me on the line is Mr. Van Jensen. How you doing? Good, Tony. How are you doing? Pretty good. So you are the, I, I guess, co-writer of uh, Green Lantern Corps. Correct. You're with, with that, that Robert Venditti guy. Yes, that shady character. Yeah. And um, he was actually on on the on on the show of if, maybe it was a couple months ago, so it was we had an interesting conversation. And but more importantly, <laughs> um, Pinocchio Vampire Slayer. That, that's that's I want to start out with with that. Cause, yeah, yeah, that's uh, I mean that was you know the first the first comics that I did and and kind of what I was known for and then what uh, what got me in the door at at DC. It's um, I don't know it was a, a pretty pretty fun series to to work on, of course, with the great artist um, Dusty Higgins, and um, yeah, you know, a little a little goofy, a little weird, but uh, I think it was a fun series of books. So I think it was like two thousand nine or so. Yeah, the first book came out in two thousand nine, and then um, it was a four book series. the The final book came out um, two thousand eleven. Yeah, because I, I I'm I'm trying to think back because I mean you, we we talked briefly about it at San Diego where um and and you know I, I did that that video review um back at our old old office in in the basement um and I, I I think I just went to the comic shop that week and it was it was there and I'm like oh, this sounds incredible and, <laughs> and, and and I mean part of it is you know my, my daughter is ten now and. You know, it was the same thing when, when um, I don't remember when I started reading fables, but it was kind of a similar thing where, you know, you, you get into like all like the, the Disney stuff, the fairy tale, you know, characters and all that. And seeing these different takes, it's just, yeah, obviously I didn't, I didn't read the, the comic to my daughter or anything, but just, just seeing these other interpretations and it, it just, I thought it was a brilliant idea. And, and the way I, I've talked about it so many times with people, the way I describe it is like, you know, there's vampires. Tells a lie, snaps off his nose. He's got a stake. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of uh, it's kind of a no brainer. It's it's one of those things like I'll I'll be at conventions and have you know like a big sign up with the the name of the book on it, and you know people will walk by and you see where they like. There's one moment where they read it, and then it's just like one beat passes, and then a smile comes over their face, and they're like, Ah, I got it. Um, you know, it's just one of those, one of those ideas that like, it makes perfect sense. And, you know, all credit to, uh, to Dusty because he actually, um, came up with the original concept. Um, and we, like, we worked together at a newspaper and, um, and he just, you know, one day was like doing sketches and did this little sketch of this mean Pinocchio telling a lie and shanking a vampire. (laughs) And, um, and he asked me if I wanted to write a book out of it and 
<laughs> you know, of course, I was like, yes, I want to write a book about Pinocchio killing vampires. Absolutely. This, this like this needs to be made into a movie or, or like a, you know, a series or like a, a Pixar film or <laughs> something. Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, they're people who are interested in doing that and you know we're we kind of approaches like dusty and i both i mean we both do a bunch of work in comics we both you know have day jobs and so it's not i mean it would be great for a movie to happen but we aren't trying to rush in anything so we're kind of you know we've been taking our time with it to to try to do it in the right way um but but yeah i mean obviously i'd love to see something like that happen if it ever did yeah, because Pinocchio is, is it's like one of those public domain characters, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, Pinocchio, it's kind of interesting. Like most people obviously just know it for the the Disney film. Um, but then, you know, there are some people who know that it's based on an older story, but most people think that it was some, you know, old fairy tale. But it is in the public domain, but it's a fairly recent creation. It was written in uh, 1883 by um, Carlo Collodi, who was this Italian writer. And it was really a um, kind of a satire of typical fairy tales. And Collodi hated children. <laughs> and so it was, it was this like anti-child screed. Mm. And his Pinocchio character is just really really mean and totally self-centered and I mean, almost more of like a Huck Finn character. Um, and he's just always, it's like he does one bad thing after another. And, and the story was originally serialized. And the ending that Collodi wrote is that Pinocchio gets himself in so much trouble that finally he is hanged and killed. <laughs> and that was like, that was, the end of his story is Pinocchio dies and, um, and there was such public outcry about that. that He finally agreed to continue the story. And like, when you go back and read it now, it, it really, it's like, there's this very definite ending and then it just kind of picks up again. It's like, Oh, the, the blue fairy, you know, turned him back alive and, and things sort of have a happy ending, but it's, it's actually even like the ending that it does have is, is fairly melancholic. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a totally like super weird, super funny, um, story that, you know, you can find it for free online. And I always tell people go and read it because it is just, it could not be more different from the Disney version. Wow. That's, I'm definitely have to check that out. Now I, I, I wonder like, you know, let's say, you know, fast forward Pinocchio vampire Slayer does happen. It's like, I, I'd imagine that, people at, at Disney, they'd probably be like, you know, even though they, they, there's nothing they could do about it. Yeah. It's, um, it's an interesting thing. I mean, like we were, we had to be really careful of course, because, you know, we don't want to run afoul of Disney in any way. So we had to be very careful that everything in our story is based a hundred percent on the original Pinocchio and that, Basically, like, there's nothing that we took from the Disney movie that isn't also in the original story, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. the, the last thing I need is uh, Disney attorneys crawling all over me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's – I don't know. I mean, the, the stories are so different that it 
it really wasn't that much of a challenge. And the biggest thing was we actually, we put the first book all the way together and, and we were, you know, ready to print it. And, um, and we realized that there's so many references that we had to this stuff that happens in the original book that if you haven't read it, and if you're just familiar with the Disney version, that you're going to be just completely baffled by what we're talking about. <laughs> and, and a great example is in, uh, in the original, there is a cricket. His name's not Jiminy, but he shows up and this cricket is telling Pinocchio to behave and to be good and all this. And Pinocchio kills the cricket. And, and then the cricket, you know, his ghost comes and haunts Pinocchio and is telling him to behave and to be good. And so, you know, it's this looming ghost cricket who's there through the rest of, of the story. And so, in our version, we had the ghost cricket following Pinocchio around and all these little things like that. And so we ended up having to do a little recap of the original story at the start of ours because we're just like, man, people are going to be totally at sea if they <laughs> if we don't give them some context here. Uh, that's interesting. Um, yes, because because like, you know, I, when I mentioned fables, because um, I don't know if if you how much if of any of fables you've read, um, but I've, I've read. I have. I'm not up to date on it, but I've read a pretty good chunk. I I, I love it, but I, somehow I, I get so far behind. It's like it like months will go by, and I'm like I haven't read it, and then you know I, I try catching up with it. But um, I don't know if you got to the part where like with with Pinocchio and and Geppetto, and uh, it was it was pretty interesting what what they did, and and you know so I guess you know, they, they got away with it and, you know, Disney can't do anything about it. So, but it's, it's just interesting that, you know, it's the same thing. Cause you know, they have like, like, like Peter Pan or, you know, all, all these other characters that technically aren't their characters. They just, you know, took them and ran with them. And so everyone associates them with, with Disney. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you can't really fault Disney for doing that because, Obviously, you know, these things are in the public domain and, and I think that the, the Disney stuff does resonate for a reason, but, um, I don't know. I, I think what I really like about, about fairy tales and I, I think what Bill does such a good job of picking up on in fables is, uh, fairy tales are, are, are so basic and I would not primitive, but almost like primal. Um, and I think they speak to these very basic elements of, of human existence. And so, um, and they also like, they, they really like, they balance lightness and darkness and in a great way and probably even better than a lot of like contemporary children's fiction. Um, and so, but they're also like, they're so simple that, um, they, there's a lot that's open to interpretation and that's open to expansion. And, um, and so you see that with like, take Pinocchio, um, where Bill did his thing, um, with the character in fables, which is, you know, this really amazing, great, compelling storyline. And, you know, Dusty and I did our thing with, uh, with Pinocchio vampire slayer, which, um, like the two could not be more different in some ways. And yet they share this, this commonality or this, um, the same foundation, um, I don't know. There's something. There's something really, really neat there. I think. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. 
Now, um, so Green Lantern Corps, and I believe people are, are, are enjoying the, the issues you've been on. Yeah, I mean, the I had no idea what to expect because this is you know my first superhero book, the issue twenty one, which is my first issue. That was the first issue of a, a monthly comic that I'd ever written. So you know, totally, totally new to this, and um, it was a little. I came into things um, a little bit late, so it was you know a little bit of a compressed timeline in terms of. Uh, getting the the first issues out um so i mean man i just i had no idea what to expect i i was you know content i guess with with the first um you know the first handful of issues i'm working with bernard chang who i mean i i could not be more lucky he is just phenomenal Mm -hmm. um I mean, someone who I've I've looked up to for decades, and to get a chance to work with him, it, it's you know, it's really really amazing. Something that is just very special, and and he, in so many ways, has made me look better than I am. Um, and and you know, to have also Rob, who is is co-plotting the book, and I mean, he's just taught me the ins and outs of of single issue comics and. Um, has been so, so much help. And the editors are great. You know, our, our colorist, Marcello Maiolo, um, he's phenomenal. So it's, it's this great team. And I, I think, you know, people have really responded well to the issues, which, um, which I really appreciate. And I think it's very much, it speaks to, to the whole Green Lantern core team. Um, I mean, I, I look at it like, you know, I'm, I've written, I guess, like eight or so issues at, at this point. Um, but I just have so much yet to learn. And every issue, I'm still just, you know, trying to get a little bit better issue by issue and, and keep trying to kind of learn the format, learn how it works. And um, I, I feel like I'm a long way from, you know, from really being comfortable with it. Well, I mean, you're off to a great start. Like, uh, you know, like we, we've reviewed 21, 22 and 23. Um, and 21 got a five out of five, uh, 22 and 23 both got a, a four out of five. So, I mean, we're, we're digging. And I, I have to say, I'm like, I'm a huge Green Lantern fan. Um, you know, I, I've been wearing a, a Green Lantern ring since 1997 <laughs> And because I, I remember it, I, it's a, it was a, you know, it's a, it's a official DC ring. And yeah. I, I remember when it, I, you know, I had to special order it through the comic store and I've been wearing it. And there was one point where I, I lost it. I misplaced it. And then, and I, I couldn't find it, the, the ring I got. So I'm looking on eBay and, and there was like some unofficial ones that were available. And I was, I was like, I, I need to have a green lantern ring. So I, I got this one and it just, I, it didn't work out right. But then Somehow my, my daughter, she actually found my ring and <laughs> that's awesome. So it's so like, yeah. So I was, I was very thankful for that. And so then, you know, the big thing is, you know, Jeff Johns, you know, nine years. And then when, when he left, it was like, you know, that was a big speculation. It's like, you know, what's going to happen, but you know, what you're doing, um, what, what Robert's doing and green lantern and, you know, uh, 
Justin Jordan's, you know, we, we can talk about uh, how crazy New Guardians was in, in just a bit. And, and um, Charles Soule on, on Red, Red Lanterns. I have to say, I don't know if I, I, I told him because I, I, I talked to him. I interviewed him at San Diego. But on, on our, our regular podcast, Red Lanterns is always kind of like sort of like our, our punching bag. It, it, was, it was always the book that, you know, because I, I, it was one that I never stopped buying. You know, yeah. with some of the, you know, some of the, the, the new 52 titles were like, this isn't quite, you know, working for me. I'm going to stop buying it. And, you know, some of them are still going. Some of them got canceled, whatever. But Red Lanterns is always that one that I just I kept buying month after month. And it, it got to the point where I liked the, the idea and the concept, but it, there was just something that wasn't working. And it, it, you know, it wasn't anything against, you know, anyone involved with, with the, the, the title. But then when when all this came out, it's just like everything. So all 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 the entire all you guys are are just doing an amazing job, and and you know I I was a little concerned with 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 Jeff Johns leaving, but my goodness, you, you guys are doing some crazy stuff. Well, I, you know, I mean, fans should have been concerned about Jeff leaving because I mean that guy has just such a huge legacy with this book, you know, from, from rebirth on, I mean, he just did so much to, to build up the lantern universe. And, um, you know, you go to a convention now and it's like every other person is wearing a, a green lantern shirt or a shirt of one of the different cores and, you know, all the rings. And I mean, just this huge mythos that, that Jeff built on top of what, was already existing. Um, and you know, it was so, so epic, but he also really, you know, developed the characters in, in very cool and compelling ways. So, um, you know, I, I think all of us have the attitude of, we, we can never replace Jeff. I mean, that's like, you don't, those are just shoes that are too big to ever fill. Mm-hmm. So all that we can do is come in and really, you know, try to do our own thing and, and try to tell the best stories that we can possibly tell. And, you know, Rob, um, Charles and Justin, like those are all really, really good, really thoughtful guys. Um, and I don't know, I, I feel lucky to, to get a chance to work with them and, and to learn from them. And, and like you said, I mean, you know, Charles on, on Red Lanterns, like, that's a, it's a really tough book to write just because of the nature of it. And, you know, when you, when you make characters inherently kind of mindless, that like, that's a, that's a really uh, heavy challenge to, to turn that in a, a, you know, a compelling direction. I think Charles once described it as like ragey rage monsters who rage and, um, but yeah, like one issue and he made it awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that just you know speaks to the the quality of guys who are on the books. Yeah, I I remember I I I think I I I don't know if I said it directly to, to Robert. I think I just tweeted or something like that about Green Lantern. And I was like, oh, this is coming out. I was like, no pressure, and and he happened to catch that. And but you know, it, it, it's it's been it's been been really 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 good, and I'm. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see what, what happens next. Now, um, what, the one thing I, I'm really glad to see is that it, so far it seems like you know you're, you're putting a, a focus on on John Stewart because um, you know he's 
one of the characters that kind of seems like not that he was like like overlooked or anything, but you know he he wasn't really front and center, you know, because there's just so many different Green Lanterns, and then you know with with Guy and with Kyle and and with with Hal, so it's like when he was in in core before it's like you know he kind of had to share the spotlight so i mean is this something that you know we're going to continue to see like where he's gonna be able to shine so to speak yeah i mean it was a very um a very conscious decision to take the four main green lantern books um and split them up among the four main earth lanterns and i think you know that was just a really really smart decision because you know, that way we're, we're able to not have, you know, like Green Lantern Corps used to be where it was really sort of toggling back and forth between Guy and John. And I mean, probably neither of them totally got his due. Um, and, and I think Guy, you would have to say, is probably, you know, the 1A lead of, of that book over the years. So, so John has, of the, the core Earth Lanterns, has really been the one who's, you know, the most sort of, I mean, not, it's not like he was forgotten or anything. It's just, you know, 20 pages a month is, is a very limited amount of space and you can only do so much with it. So, um, absolutely going forward, John Stewart is, I mean, he's the, the lead character of Green Lantern Corps and, um, I don't know, he's a character who I've, I've really enjoyed for a long time. Um, when I first started reading comics was the point where, you know, he was really, in a lot of ways, the main Green Lantern. And, uh, you know, you look at, you know, the Justice League animated series, um, as well as the the JLU animated series, you know, great, great character developed in there and, and just a, a great history of a character. And um, and so I think, he, you know, he's really fascinating and, and very compelling. But then he also, like his background as a Marine and as an architect is like this perfect background for for really having a lot to to say and a very large role to play um, as the core finds itself just totally decimated and trying to to rebuild and, and regain its footing. So I think it's it's like the absolute perfect time for him to to get a spotlight. Yeah, and and you know it 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 seems weird that. And, you know, I know this has nothing to do with you, but that this wasn't done before. And so I guess that's the the convenient thing that now that, that Guy Gardner's with the Red Lantern. So that kind of shoves him out of the book and, and let's because like like when we had the, the zero issues, it's like, you know, we, we, we got to see everyone's everyone had an origin except for John. He he kind of didn't, you know, get that get that chance. So it's it's great to see you know he's going to be able to do some stuff. Yeah, and you know, you talk about the zero issue. Um, that was something that that we talked about. That it was it was too bad that we hadn't had that opportunity. And then, um, yeah, the the chance came along to do the crossover with the with Batman's uh, Zero Year. And you know, it, it seems like and we've had a lot of, of people making you know making comments of like. Oh, you know, trying to shoehorn whatever books they can into the crossover, which is totally not the way it happened. It was, it was like, you know, we we heard about Zero Year and um, 
and it was floated as just like, you know, if you have a story that happens to be something that would take place here, cool. If not, no worries. And, um, and immediately, you know, I think it was Rob who really seized on it first is like, this is a chance to tell John Stewart's essentially like number zero issue story. Um, so, you know, number Greenland core number 25 is going to be basically John Stewart's origin story. Uh, and it's, I don't know, it's a really, it's a really cool, really different issue. I don't think there's been an issue at Green Lantern Corps that's been like it um, that I've ever read. So it's, I don't know, I, I feel really lucky to have had the chance to write it. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even think about it in terms of that way. I mean, I, I, I think it's great. You know, it's a great opportunity to, the, to do this. And I mean, that, that cover is great. You know, it's, you know, of course, it's Bernard Chang. So, I mean, that because I, I mean, I'll admit when, you know, I, I'm, you know, 100 percent on board with zero year. I mean, I, I think it's great. And, you know, I I think there's there's a need for that story to be told, because like when it was first announced, there was a couple people like, you know, why? Why are we seeing this story? You know, we already had year one and all this. But with the changes in the new 52 and with, you know, Things like you know James um, Gordon Jr. There's no way he could have been an, uh, an infant, you know, during year one and all that. So I, I'm totally on board with that. But what I liked personally was this was a chance for Batman to kind of for that title to be on its own and you know not not be tied in with the other books. And then when it was announced that. Um, see, cause I, I didn't even think about Green Lantern Corps being a, 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 I, I should let you know, I try to avoid the solicits when I can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to be surprised by, by the, the issues, it's probably a good plan. Cause you know, I either, I, I didn't know, or just it slipped my mind. It's like, I didn't even think about Green Lantern, well, Green Lantern Corps 25 being tied into it. So when I first heard like, you know, the other titles, you know, like Nightwing and Batgirl. I was like, you know, with somebody that's like, you know, how are you going to do this? Like, you know, Nightwing, you know, is he, you know, still in the circus and all that. And, and then I, I heard, you know, there's like the Green Lantern zero year. It's like, okay, you know, let's see what we can do with that. So those kind of made sense. So Green Lantern Corps, yeah, it, it sounds kind of crazy to be tied into it, but the way you put it as this is basically John Stewart's zero issue. I mean, I, I think that that's brilliant. I, I yeah, it, I mean, it, it like I can't, you know, it, it was very much something that came out of the the whole team thinking it through, and, and I mean, a lot of credit has to go to the the Batman group editors and and writers for, you know, letting us play in their sandbox a little bit. Um, I think it's, I don't know, it's just it's a really. Um, it's hard to i it's hard to talk about these things without totally spoiling them yeah yeah um but yeah it's it's just a totally um a totally different kind of issue but the thing like the main focus of the story is looking at this experience that John Stewart had in the marine corps and and him kind of becoming disillusioned with the mission of the corps and with the leadership of it and the thing that i really liked is you know, the position that, that John Stewart is in right now with the Green Lantern Corps is the Corps has been totally led astray by the Guardians, which has led John and many other Lanterns to really question 
the mission and excuse me to um to question you know is it like is this right should i continue being a part of of the core when uh when we've caused so much destruction and chaos and so you know to to show sort of the like the echoes of previous incidents and previous experiences that that john had you know um i guess six six years roughly six years ago and show how those incidents are now playing out and shaping the decisions that he makes today, I think is, is something that's kind of cool. And, um, you know, hopefully for fans and especially fans of John Stewart, it'll add a level, a level of, um, emotional resonance, I guess, to, to his story. Now is Cord the only one that's going to be a zero year? Yeah. Yeah. As far as the green lantern line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Green Lantern Corps is going to be the only one that that crosses over there. Okay, so see, people can't accuse you, Green Lantern people, you know, trying to get in on Batman's stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not invading Batman's turf. We we were warmly invited. Yeah. So, um, I mean, one one of the things that when when I when I reviewed issue twenty three, and um, I kind of um sort of exchange some, some couple comments with, with, with Robert on, on Twitter. Cause one of the, I think it was, I, may, I can't remember if it was this issue or green lantern. I think it was this one where, um, the, the, the small, tiny little nitpicky problem I'm having is, is now that we have 23 and then we have to wait a month for the story to pick up because, you know, villains month is putting all the regular series on, or on, on hold. So right. it's like, you know, where it kind of leaves off and then now we have to wait. But, um, you know, you will have the relic story, which, you know, ties in. And now with, uh, let's see, so issue 24. Well, and something like something that I would add to that point is for, for Green Lantern fans, um, the relic issue is very much the next chapter in this story. Like this is from our 23s through the end of, you know, it's a green lantern annual number two, which comes out at the end of October, which is the conclusion of the lights out event. Like that is all one event and the relic, um, villains month issue. Like it is, it is a chapter in this story. So, you know, absolutely. If you're enjoying the stuff we're doing, pick up that, that relic one shot because, um, you you won't want to miss it. Okay, so um, trying to keep track of all these. So twenty three point two is Mongol. Um, twenty three point three is Black Hand. Oh, okay. So twenty three point one is Relic. Right. Which okay, so that makes sense. And then twenty three point four Sinestro, and then Lights Out begins in twenty four. Right. Green Lantern so- twenty four. Yeah, so Lights Out is essentially a one month event, which I think is is really cool because it's it's just it you know we aren't dragging something out into some giant you know series with all sorts of spinoffs. The story is Green Lantern twenty four, Green Lantern Core twenty four, New Guardians twenty four, Red Lanterns twenty four, and Green Lantern Annual number two. So over the course of that one month in October, you get the entire event. 
and um, and it's a, I mean, it's a game changer in in every possible way. Hmm. I, now I'm getting a little 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 worried when when I hear things like that. But <laughs> <laughs> the the thing I'll say is that like this isn't something where it's going to be like oh so and so dies and it's it's an event based around someone getting killed. Like this is. Um, the arrival of Relic reveals something uh, really um, very integral to the nature of, of the Green Lantern Corps' power and really the entire um, you know, spectrum of energy. And it, it totally redefines the status quo of, of every core and of every Lantern ever, which is the way that, <laughs> that Rob has has defined it. It's a, it's a very ambitious story for coming out of the gate. And, and I think, yeah, I think once this story, um, you know, at the end of October, I think people will realize, you know, just how ambitious Rob is and, and just how good he is, because this was like lights out was, you know, his vision, um, for taking over from, from Jeff. And, uh, I mean, just as, uh, you know, Rob's a, a good friend of mine, so I would have to say this, but, um, it's, it's genuinely a, a really, really good story that, that he came up with. Okay. Cause, um, yeah. So with, uh, new guardians 23 and I, I guess I won't spoil it yet, but I mean, people should definitely check that out. Cause that's where it, it, it starts happening. I mean, things are, are going down, things are hitting the fan. Yeah, I mean I think I think that's like that's the issue where you know it it's unmistakable like we are taking some really really big chances with these books. And um yeah, I mean it's it's just huge huge stuff that um you know the the impact of of that issue it's going to reverberate for a really long time. And the thing is Things just get bigger from there. Mm-hmm. And then um, I guess we could talk about Red Lanterns twenty five. So in the solicit, you know, so this is after Lights Out, and the solicit says Earth is no longer under protection of the Green Lanterns, and Sector twenty eight fourteen is now the sole province of Guy Gardner and the Red Lanterns. Boy, that sounds pretty earth shattering, doesn't it? That sounds pretty pretty insane (laughs) yeah i mean um you know it's charles's book so i don't want to spoil it Mm -hmm. but um i mean again like the thing that you really have to credit i think this team of writers and um and especially a lot of credit has to go to dc is i mean they're letting us take some big big chances and i mean that's just a, a huge, huge, totally redefining moment that um, it's also just going to be a lot of fun. Like when you start to think about how that plays out with Red Lanterns, you know, mm-hmm. managing uh, managing the sector of space that includes the planet Earth with all of its heroes. I, I think that's uh, I think that's going to be a pretty uh, bumpy ride. Yeah. So, so I guess that means a uh, Green Lantern Corps, or at least some of them are kind of 
out of a job maybe or going to be reassigned? Well, yeah, you know, you think about the the lanterns who who had been assigned to that sector who were you know trying to still manage that sector what does that mean for them and um yeah it's uh i mean just i i think what you know we're seeing with these books or what we're trying to do with these books is just really um you know, put the characters in, in these challenging situations and, and seeing how they play out. And I mean, almost the way that I think of Green Lantern Corps is, is kind of almost like the, um, the Battlestar Galactica remake in a way where, you know, the, the fight with external threats is of course, like probably the most compelling thing, but all of the, you know, the internal politics and, and, you know, personal relationships, uh, good relationships or bad relationships, um, are almost just as compelling. And, and we're really, uh, really focused on that. That's just, it's crazy, but, but yeah, I mean, hats off to DC for letting you guys completely change everything about the green lanterns. It's <laughs> a good way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, next we'll know that they're going to change the colors or something and, yeah, a different uh, shade of green or something. <laughs> yeah, forest green. Or... Yeah, I, I was always wondering. It's like, you know, how come there wasn't there isn't a brown lantern core? You know, we we have just about every other. It was it was, it was during the um, was it the War of the Light? I forget what, what that big crazy crossover was. It's like so you know we have all these different colors, but it's like so it's like what else is there? And I was like, well, what about brown? But I guess brown kind of looks like poop or something i don't i don't want to spoil things for you but but patterns that's that's the next big thing it's going to be the plaid lanterns and like the the gingham lanterns and the you, you really got to watch out for the paisley lanterns I, I think scott liddell jokingly said something about plaid lanterns <laughs> um is is, is we do, did one of those like after mine question videos and um it, it was like, what, what's the, the greatest superhero weapon or gadget? And and so he went with the plaid lantern ring. So so maybe he knew something. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to read the books and find out. Yeah. Now, uh, we, we, we talked very briefly before we started recording about um, Metal Gear Solid. Because there's a, a question from Volshock. So it's just a general question. Um, he wants to know... Um, if if there are any comics with the same tone or feel as the Metal Gear games or spy espionage stories, um, the closest he can come to is is Brubaker's Captain America and Winter Soldier. I I don't really I don't really have a direct answer to that except for um, Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting are are going to be doing Velvet at Image, but I want to talk about Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's completely disregard the actual question. Well, I, I, I kind of answered it. I mean, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you give it lip yeah. service. Yeah, Velvet. I mean, it's gonna be awesome. It's it's Brubaker. It's Epting. It's it's spy stuff, and and it's 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 image. So, but um, so you're you're saying that Metal Gear was was probably like the last time you really were playing. Yeah, that was. Um, I'm trying to think. Metal Gear Solid must have been when I was in high school uh, that that came out, and back for the old, the original PlayStation. 
And, um, yeah, I remember that game being pretty awesome. Um, just the, I don't know. I always like games where it was a little more complicated than just like go kill everything out there. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, so much of it was based on like, you're better off sneaking around people than you were actually, you know, getting into giant firefights. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely had to like, you know, think about it a little more, you know, because you couldn't just run into a room, you know, guns blazing. You had to there's times where you had to sit there and very slowly move around and and be patient. Yeah, wasn't it? Couldn't you do some kind of like almost like a really slow like barrel roll or like sideways roll around? Or- so, yeah, and you, you could like crawl around and and, you know, you, you had to watch out for those guards. So yeah. that that noise when they discover you that bloop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that sound exactly. Man, I hadn't thought about that in years. But yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to think, wasn't it like if you like every time you beat the game or if you beat it certain ways, you'd get like an invisibility? Yeah, there's thing. so there there's one point where Meryl, I, I think I'm pretty sure her name was Meryl, where she was um, she was she was held captive. And and so Snake is is strapped down to this table and he's being tortured and you had to like sit there and pound on the the select button and or you know for all these waves and you had a choice where you could keep doing it keep trying to do it and you know, without your your health meter dying or you could just submit but if you submitted then that meant Meryl was going to die and that would give you one of the different endings and if 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 you went that route. Then um, I, I think it was Octacon. Ad- Ad- yeah, uh, yeah. He he would give you the stealth suit if Meryl died. The other ending is if if you didn't submit, and then you you end up saving her, then she gives you the bandana that gives you like unlimited ammunition. That's right. And then there was like all those like trophies, like hidden trophies that you had to you know you could look for if you wanted. And... <sighs> yeah, yeah. That was it. Was a cool. It was a really cool game, but yeah, I um, yeah, I used to, I used to be, I mean, when I was growing up, really into games. Like, I had the, well, I had a cousin who had the NES, and so you know, we played that incessantly. And then I had the um, Sega Genesis, uh-huh. so I was a total, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog nerd. Um, I always loved the. I don't know if you had like the Sonic and Knuckles game where the top of it snapped open and you could plug the other Sonic games into it. Oh yeah. That was, it's funny. Just the, you know, like video games now, I mean, so many of them, you just like download straight to your device or, or, you know, you get the CD, but the, like the physicality of the cartridge is kind of cool. Um, and just to, you know, to think, I mean, I was just thinking about like NES cartridges and, and, you know, trying to like, blow on them to get them to work <laughs> yeah which is such an absurd absurd thing it's, it's technical you, know, you, yeah. got, you got to blow it just right yeah exactly uh, uh, but yeah i mean i haven't i haven't played for probably a decade or so because I, I started with atari 2600 like way back uh, okay and then um then there was ColecoVision that came out and then um then you know nes came out and yeah, so like like with PlayStation One, it's like I was playing all the time and PlayStation Two and everything. But then when Comic Vine started in two thousand six, 
that's when it like started taking up my time because I was teaching math, you know, high school math full time and then trying to, you know, run the site on the side. And, and then, so sadly it's like, I have no time and and, you know, I, I have a PlayStation three and an Xbox and, you know, I, I try to play when I can, but I, and I also have a daughter. So it's like, I, I get sad sometimes thinking about it, you know, like I haven't played the last couple metal gear games just, yeah. And like even like like injustice, it's like when it came out, it's like I, I'm not gonna you know spend sixty bucks. I'm not gonna buy this game because I know I'm not gonna have time for it. So I'll, you know I'll wait till it goes down and then pick it up. Yeah, I, the thing that, and I guess I played a little into college, and um, you know I the like the point that really I I just had to give up having a gaming system was um, I ended up being the editor of of the college newspaper and it was a uh, like five days a week newspaper with a, I think our staff was like a hundred people. And I mean, you know, I'm what 21 trying to manage a, essentially a daily newspaper with that many employees while doing school full time. And I just realized it's like, I, I don't have the time to play video games, but if I have something around, I am going to play them. And like this, this very precarious world that I've, you know, held together with, you know, glue and, and wadded up chewing gum is just going to crumble and fall apart all around me. So I, you know, I gave it up. And, and since then, I mean, since I've been out of college, I've been, you know, working full time and trying to do uh, writing stuff on top of it. So like, even now, you know, I have a, a day job that, you know, it might be 40 to 60 hours a week that I'm working at that and then trying to, to get scripts done. So as much as I'd love to, you know, fight, I mean, I don't even, I'm so out of the gaming world. I don't even know what, what games are out there anymore, but, um, yeah, it just, it would be bad news if I got sucked back into that. Yeah. I mean, so that that's the thing because you know I, I work on the same floor as Gamespot and Giant Bomb, so you know I'm I'm constantly seeing or hearing, you know what they're doing, and and I I even pre-ordered a PlayStation Four, which, I mean, it's just crazy that I I'm, you know, setting myself up, you know, to to have that dilemma, and and I, I think they they just announced that it 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 got moved up because it was supposed to be I think the end of December, and I think now it's November fifteenth. It's coming out, so it's. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, that's a, that is a first world problem. my friend. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, especially like, you know, the comic book games, you know, I, I really should be aware of what's going on so I can, you know, be knowledgeable and that, you know, it's, it's all work related. So, you know, it's not for fun. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's research. <laughs> yeah. I, I played through that, that Deadpool game. And and yeah, there was there's points of that where it wasn't <laughs> so much fun, <laughs> but, but it, I mean it, it was it was all right. It was it was a good game. Now um, I, I know you got to go soon, but you're so your your day job. So you're you're running a magazine. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm the the editor of Georgia Tech's alumni magazine uh, here in Atlanta, and you know, for for people who aren't familiar with it, Georgia Tech is well, I guess it's, it's really like one of the maybe top, you know, 10 public institutions, um, 
in the country, and, and it's really like internationally regarded as one of the top um, science and, and engineering institutions. Um, so it's it's a really cool place where there's just all kinds of like super crazy advanced cutting edge research going on all the time. So the magazine, uh, which if anyone for some reason wants to check out, is at uh, gtalumnimag.com. Um, we we kind of treat the magazine more of a like wired style consumer magazine rather than a traditional alumni magazine. Um, and I don't know, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I, I still really enjoy working in journalism. Um, and you know, when I started writing green lantern Corps, all these people were like, Oh, so you're quitting your job. It's like, no, I, you know, I really like my job. Um, and I, at least so far, have been able to to balance things um, pretty well. But, but yeah, and it's. I mean, I actually like from time to time, I'll see some like crazy sci-fi seeming thing that's going on at Georgia Tech, and think like, oh, I I see how I could work that into a, a Green Lantern script. <laughs> and then you're also, um, which I I, th- I think I don't know if you said it hasn't been announced that you you have a you're a, a self what do you would call it? Self-publish? You're going to be doing something? Yeah. Um, actually like the first graphic novel that, that I ever wrote, um, was this weird, <laughs> it's a really weird story about, uh, the disembodied leg of, uh, Mexican president Santa Ana adventuring around Mexico. Um, which, I don't know. It was just something that I always really liked Mexican history and folklore and um, in true story, you know, Santa Ana lost his leg and uh, gave it a full military funeral. And um, one of the times that he was thrown out of power, people dug up his leg and dragged it through the street to protest him. And then the leg, you know, sort of disappeared into history. So the idea is it's this sentient leg that's in a boot that hops around Mexico and gets in adventures. <laughs> um, so I... I just randomly at Comic-Con one year met this artist who, I, I mean, I thought he was from the States and was talking to him and he was asking me about scripts that I had that, you know, might, I might need an artist for. And I told him about that one. And, um, his name is Joe Pimienta. And he said, well, you know, I'm actually from Mexico, uh, from the part of Mexico where a lot of the story takes place. So I really want to read the script uh, but he was super skeptical because he, you know, he thought I, it was kind of like it might be some cultural voyeurism going on where I'm just like dabbling in something without really knowing what I was doing. Um, so I was a little nervous, but I sent the script to him and he really, really liked it, asked me if, if he could draw it. And I said, you know, yeah, absolutely. So um, he just finished illustrating it like a week ago. And, um, it's in the process of being colored and lettered right now. Um, so we're going to, I'm just going to publish it through Kickstarter. Um, because at least that's, that's the plan. It'll probably launch within the next month. And, um, you know, it's the book is, uh, is going to be a hundred percent done before we launch it. So it's just a pre-order system that it'll cover the cost of printing. So, you know, it's like, if you want a, a copy of the book, you can pledge. And as soon as the, the campaign's over, the books will be ordered and then sent out to people who supported it. Sounds great. I mean, definitely, you know, let me know about it and 
can remind people on on site and to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's I don't know. Like I said, it's a totally weird thing, but um, I don't know. Maybe maybe people will dig it. And we're hoping to do, and kind of the plan is to do a um, a Spanish language edition as as well, which to me is really important because I I think there aren't that many Spanish language comics out there. So I'd really, especially given the subject matter, you know, like to have that available. Sounds great. All right. Well, I know you need to get going. Yes, many many exciting adventures await me this evening. <laughs> also known as errands. Yeah, I I don't even want to think about the, the stuff I got to do. I got to get my dad a birthday card, which I, I just re- realized today. So like, uh. I I need to get a birthday card for one Andy Rutten, creator of the Owly series of graphic novels. Oh, nice! My my daughter likes. I even got her a stuffed Owly, um, like a year or so at, at Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, that those books are great. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. Um, people with with the kids should should look into those. I, I remember one time, um, she she wanted to take one, for, do a book report, and her her, her teacher is kind of like, eh, "There's no words in here." <laughs> She's <laughs> like, "Yeah, but so she she wasn't allowed to to do that." Ah, stupid. That was a sad story. Yeah, but she so she's going into fifth grade this year, and um, her her teacher I think says that you when when they do like their reading stuff that they can they're allowed to read graphic novels. Um, they they'll just because I, I think they they, they base like a, like a word count or like page count or something like that. So then a graphic novel would be um, the word count would be lowered a little bit. So right. you know, they would have to read more graphic novels to you know equate like a regular book or something. But I think that that's great that, you know, she's going to love that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, anytime I see where there's, you know, more acceptance of comics and graphic novels in, I mean, especially like schools and libraries, but even like, I don't know, academic studying comics uh, to me, that's, that means a lot more than like superhero movies or comic book movies getting made is in terms of, you know, establishing comics as more of a, a mainstream thing. Yeah. All right. Well, it was great talking to you and now I got all this green lantern stuff to, to be worried about, but I'm, I'm sure it'll all work out for the best. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, let's talk in October. Okay. We'll see. I'll be like, man, what did you do? <laughs> and, and you, you'll, you'll get the blame for everyone. It sounds good. I can. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so your next issue is October. Yep. Second week, second Wednesday of October. Okay. So we'll have to check that out. So, um, yeah, October 9th lights out part two. Yeah, it is. It's a doozy. Yes. John Stewart must lead a group of green lanterns, in a last-ditch effort to save Oa and protect the other lanterns as they retreat from Relic's attack. Hmm. Doesn't sound good. Yeah, we need some uh, some ominous music piped in there. Yeah. 
I'd do that, but I, that would require more more editing on my part. So. <laughs> <laughs> dun dun dun. That that this there is there you go. Yeah. I think that that covers us. All right. So thanks again. Um, people need to check out all your stuff. Check out um, Pinocchio Vampire. So when, when's uh, that? You said an omnibus for Pinocchio Vampire Slayer is yeah next, next uh, year, spring or summer of 2014 um, from Top Shelf. Okay, so people need to look for that and keep keep reading Green Lantern Corps and and read the Georgia Tech stuff you do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. We'll, thanks we'll for talk, having me. Yeah, we'll we'll talk soon. All right. See it. All right, so again, that was Van Jensen. So uh, check out his his stuff. But you know what I'm going to do right now? I notice a certain person is on. So let's see if he answers. Or maybe he won't. Guess not. Should I leave that ringing? So yeah, Metal Gear Solid. Awesome game. Um... And you know, look for Velvet by by Ed Brubaker. Uh oh. Hold on, I gotta plug in my mic. Hey, we're recording, man. We're live. Oh no. <laughs> we're we're live in a recording recorded live in front of a studio audience. There kinda is a studio audience. Sort of here. Because there in the and studio there's like windows. And there's like people working at their desks. The, the, the windows are kind of tinted, so they can kind of peek in if they like put their faces up to the window. But they don't do that. Okay, now I can hear you. What's going on? <laughs> I was just talking about the studio audience, so you you missed all that. Oh, there was a studio audience. Not really. I mean, there's an office outside this the studio, and there's oh. windows, but they're they're kind of covered. So what are you doing? Busy? Nothing? Doing nothing? I was doing the best comic covers of the week and playing Minecraft back and forth. Oh yeah, yeah. My 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 nephew tried getting me to play that game and it didn't happen. It's very relaxing. It's very just like I can sit down and I can build something and just kind of chill out. I did um, notice that Carly Cooper was wearing a a creeper shirt. Who's Carly Curly Cooper? Whatever her name is. You don't know who Carly Cooper is. I don't know who anybody is. Man, Superior Spider-Man, Carly. Oh, oh. See, when you say like a real, I, when you give me a person's name, I'm like, oh, a person in real life, not a person in comics. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, how are you? I'm good. I just got done talking to Van Jensen. So I you, like him. So you missed that because you're busy playing um, Minecraft. Uh, to be to be fair, I was getting my tuxedo ready for for Saturday as well. Mm-hmm. So I can usher in a wedding. Okay. Hey, I got a question for you. I got an answer for you. Actually, Deadpool Tattoo Guy has a question. Oh, okay. So uh, he says, don't know if this has been asked before, but has Alfred ever quit? Oh, by the way, I don't. did I ever say who you are? People know who you are. We got, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Matt Alfred. No, no, no. I was going to say, keep it a secret because if they don't know who I am, then that means I have, I'm have not doing my job on the site, I guess. <laughs> They'll be like, well, who's this guy? He's just randomly talking to someone else. So, yeah. Hi, I, everybody. I didn't feel like talking about myself. Um, I, I got so much to do, but I got to. You are oh. the busiest man on like that I know. 100%. Uh, <laughs> I always want to cry sometimes. Oh, I my. know. I will. We can cry together sometimes. <laughs> 
<laughs> like this morning is just like nonstop, like boom, 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 doing, you know, because the behind the curtain stuff. So when I record these on Thursdays, it's like, you know, I, I get in the office at 730. Yeah. And then, you know, that's I eat, a, you know, quick bite for breakfast and yeah. and start gathering the, the best stuff in comics, video stuff, uh-huh. figuring out, you know, what I'm going to going to do and then shoot that. But then it's like always, you know, posting stuff and, you know, posting exclusive previews get sent and uh-huh. and this and that. And Wednesdays, Wednesdays are bad, too, because I usually have like one or two meetings and then have you got to, a meeting right in the afternoon every Wednesday on New Comic Day. Yeah, it's it's great. It's like, thanks. Because um, the one meeting, I mean, it's it's me and Jeff um, Gersman from Giant Bomb. Yeah. We, we meet with the engineers. So it's, you know. This is what's working. This is what's broke. This is what's being fixed. What what would you like to see and all that? And um, yeah. Um, one thing that I want to tease. I don't even think you know about this. Um, no one knows about this except for engineers. And um, I kind of uh, tease it to the Pika hyper. Um, there is something that I asked for that is likely going to be coming to Comic Vine. Um, something that I, I've wanted for a little bit and half stars. And, um. You know, I, I don't even know if we should go back to half stars now. I want to, but it's it's a, at this point because I, I think you know there are some people who are, they're like, oh, you know, now I'm I'm finally getting it. I actually kind of like it because the the whole thing is, and and people still don't get it. It's like, <laughs> and we still talk about it constantly. Oh and over I was, I was talking it. about it on because again, you know, I'll, every once in a while I'll get random like you know Twitter replies, and they're like. Like wow, you guys gave a lot of you know fours and fives, and so I I looked at it. So we we did twenty two reviews, uh-huh. and it was a little light because some people were slacking a little bit this week. I um, you know what like I've been on break from the college for three weeks, and I haven't really had a day off. Mm-hmm. I've been working at other jobs, and so this Wednesday I was like, you know what, and like I'm just gonna take it easy on right. Greg's doing like family stuff and all that. So uh, so it's like okay, twenty two reviews. Uh-huh. There's over like one hundred and fifty comics that came out. So it's like, yeah. hmm. but yeah, we, we give everything four and five. It's like, no, we reviewed 22 comics and we review comics that we like. It's it's like these, some people won't expect us like, what is the worst crappiest book that, you know, so I can give a one star. It's like, it's like tarot, yeah. tarot. Um, so <laughs> it, it's, uh, I don't know. And, you know, I, I do get, I, I, I kind of see where people are coming from, but it's also like, there's a bunch of words that go with the review. So it's like, if you don't understand, you know, Look at that. And someone asked me about that at San Diego, like someone from the site. I, I can't remember who. And they said, why don't um, you review like not good books? And I said, because I don't want to hate my life. I don't want to sit and read crappy books or books. Not, I mean, because it's always a guessing game when you're going into a comic. But I don't want to read a book. Like, I'm, I don't like Thor. Why am I going to read a Thor book? It could be the best book in the world. I'm still probably not going to enjoy it. And someone is writing in the comments right now, like, well, you should try Jason Aaron's runs. Like, Jason Aaron's great. I don't like his Thor. I don't like anybody's Thor. It's like, I don't know. So, whatever. Yeah. How about some questions? Um, oh, okay. So, Dead Deadpool Tattoo Guy says, don't know if this has been asked before, but has Alfred ever quit like he did in TDKR? Oh man, I think he has. He's come oh. close a couple times, like when Bruce has kind of lost it. Mm-hmm. Didn't he quit? Kind of quit during Nightfall. Just kind of walked away from the whole Batman stuff. He might have. It's been a while since I've read Nightfall. Or maybe you're thinking Moon Knight when he was in a wheelchair, and <laughs> in, in like a beard, like bearded Moon Knight when he was worshiping uh, the Kanchi. statue. Yeah, because uh, I remember there was there's like 
there was one issue. Oh, I don't, I don't think it was, it was like an annual or something where it's like Alfred had a, a kid. It's like, what? And this woman came and it's like, you know, woman from his past. And uh-huh. I don't think it was, I don't, I don't think he necessarily, he had quit at that time, but there, there's had, had to have been times that where he, oh, yeah. he, he left. Um, but then he probably didn't go far because he, you know, made his commitment. Uh, what I always think is interesting is in the, in the original, um, when, when Batman first started, so when he, uh-huh. he had his origin, you know, the, the one page origin when it, when it started and. 1939 it's like alfred wasn't there from the beginning i mean no. it, it was was later uh when it was it was batman driving himself around in like his own like rolls royce type car it's not good, but but alfred didn't come into the pictures till after dick grayson till robin was, was there no alfred was before that wasn't because no, wasn't alfred no. his driver for the longest nope, time not in the comics because I, I i i i remember doing one about you know why was Batman raised by a butler? You know about about that that whole thing. And in the original story, it's like he he came to town. This is when you had the the shorter, um, tubby Alfred. Yeah, and he he was kind of like a, a bumbling character, and and Robin was already, you know, with, with Batman, and you know he's and then he kind of stumbled upon, and they they kind of let him in, and you know all that stuff. Yeah, so, Batman sixteen is his first appearance. So, with with that, it's like that that because that raised a question for me. It's like then then who who raised Batman? You know, if his parents were killed when he was a kid, and if Alfred wasn't there, then you know who did he live with? And I don't know if they ever reveal that in the Golden Age. I'm actually reading um this book called Superman. Uh huh. Um, is it, is it the comic Superman? Uh, it, yeah, it's a character Superman. Okay, I've heard of him. Um, oh, see, who's the, the author? It's it's basically it's a, a a history of you know Superman and you know and DC you know when it was Detective Comics and and all that and it's it's really interesting um, just how how things started. I'm trying to look this up on Amazon as I'm doing this because I, I think it's just called Superman, which of course, you know, trying to. If you're putting out a book, anybody listening to this, give it a title that's easy to find on Amazon. That's all I'm saying because I'm coming across this problem a lot recently. Because it's it's there is like this other one where it's called it's Superman. So you know, at least that's a little different. Um, or like Superman colon uh, a, a history of greatness or yeah, whatever. Which you know, maybe there is a a, a subtitle to it. Uh, see, I forget. I think the guy's name is David. That's writing it. Jeez, this is like this is the worst part. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's some it's some good plugs you're doing right here, Tony. Yeah, I'll have to figure it out. What? It, hey, check out that uh, book. It's Superman by David. It's uh, it's about Superman. David, look at it. Pour it up on Amazon. David something. <laughs> um, yeah, just go through all the. Go through Amazon for four hours until you find it. Yeah, everything, and of course. So if I do a go a, a Google. Search. It's like David Goyer, Man of Steel, and this and that. It's like, yeah, no. So, um, but yeah. So it's it's actually going into the history, like around that time, like when when you know Batman started and and Superman, and it's really interesting. And I probably should just change the subject since I don't have the, the <laughs> name of the book. Um. So yeah. Uh. What was the question? 
Alfred. The question, was, the yeah. question was, how much did I spend on Walking Dead action figures this week? Jeez, I don't know. The answer is 60. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, New set came out. Okay. D Bat Dog. What's up, B Dad Dog? This is just out of Man of Steel. So, this is a couple months ago. Oh, he, here we go, Tony. He loved it. Good uh, for him. See, actually, I don't know if I did this question yet. Okay. Only question is if they put Batman in this film, how the heck could he catch up with Superman? I mean, Superman is just freaking superior against a man in a bat suit. Iron Man can stand toe to toe with Thor because of his armor, but this Superman is really different. Your thoughts? Do you have any thoughts? I don't. Because it's not going to be the Batman. I'm assuming it's not going to be the Batman from the Christopher Nolan films. I mean, it's obviously not that same exact Batman. But I don't think they're going to go with that same version of him as well. I think that they might not redo his origin, but I mean, kind of recreate a whole brand new character or create a brand new character for that. Um, how can he keep up with Superman? I don't know. It's. Well, I mean, it's you know he's he's it's not like he's going to be. You know, racing him or anything like that, and no, he he'll lose. Batman will, I think, will lose that one. Probably. Let me think about it. Um, uh, he's gonna lose. But I I think it's 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 more because you know he's gonna use his his street smarts, and it's yeah, it's more about like personality. Like, I mean, uh, in the Man of Steel, Superman isn't you know the Boy Scout as much as we grew up with or whatever. But there's still that that part of his personality there and man, Batman's gritty and they're going to balance each other out. And you know, if, if there's any kryptonite, you know, there's always that edge or, you know, I'm so sick of kryptonite <laughs> or, or maybe, uh, you know, Batman will get a special Superman suit battle suit. So who knows? Um, and then the other thing is like, by the way, when Clark is floating in the sea and there's a shot of those whales, I thought Aquaman will just help him. I I wonder if um <clears throat> much like the Marvel universe, I know that they're eventually building towards a Justice League movie, maybe. Maybe. Um but I wonder if they're gonna I know they're already mixing a Batman and Superman, but I wonder if there will be references to other characters and other heroes within this world. See, I, I think they 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 either need to, to do that right away yeah. or they all just suddenly appear after because like that, that's the thing is like if, if they tried doing uh, Dark Knight continuity and like with mm-hmm. Superman, it's like it wouldn't make any sense that all of Gotham would be held captive by terrorists, yeah, you know, shut off, and no one else comes comes by. I I think like some of the questions like well maybe it was Superman that that flew Bruce Wayne from the the, the prison to Gotham, you know that that's how he got there because you know we, yeah. we have no idea once he he climbed out of the pit how the heck did he get onto Gotham when all the bridges were, you know, shut down, blown up. He's, he's Batman. So I, I just think that if now all of a sudden, you know, all these people start showing up, you know, it, if they, they couldn't have existed with, without there being any, any mention. Yeah. Well, what if it's this idea where it's like, essentially like a superhero, the superhero coming out of the closet where it's like, there are other people like me who are super powered. I feel more comfortable being more in the public eye. I mean, that's kind of an idea that they could possibly work with. Yeah. I mean, or less if they kind of did like, like the Smallville approach where, you know, he, the, the heroes are 
saving lives, doing things, but doing it, you know, totally in secret, you know, not, yeah. not being all flashy about it. <laughs> well, uh, Superman can't do it in secret because Metropolis was blown the hell up. Jeez. And then, then <laughs> I like, like a little geez under your breath. No, it's because because <laughs> we couldn't have uh, more different takes on that movie. You and it's I. like okay, you know the battle's over. <laughs> the entire you know half half the city's destroyed. Millions of people trapped on a rubble. Hey, Lois, let's make out now. And you know, I got the super hearing. There's all these people crying and and, and bleeding. Dude, that is the best time to make out with somebody when you're just like, surrounded hey, by sadness. Hey, Lewis. Like people are like, uh, Superman. I guess he was. They wouldn't be calling him. But. Uh. <laughs> there, there was only one casualty almost, and it was Jenny. who got trapped in. No one else. Everyone else got out of the city. There, there's, there's. Yeah. It was all evacuated. Yeah. Um. Okay, next question. Blake rules 90. Who would win the following fights? Oh, no. Here we go. These are the, the, the best ones. Steel versus Colossus. This is um, John Henry Steel from DC, I take it? Yeah, not Shaq. Okay. Um, uh, so Steel versus Colossus. That's Colossus 100%. I'd say that. I mean, Steel's a smart guy. And, you know, I, I, think, I think part of this... Also falls under, you know, do they have any prep time and, you know, how, how long is the fight? You know, what's all that stuff? But, yeah, I'd go with Colossus. Scorpion from Mortal Kombat versus Ghost Rider. Ooh. They both got chains. Ooh. Um, I'm going to go with Ghost Rider based on the penance stare because I believe Scorpion uh, has done some horrible things in his lifetime. Uh, which landed him in hell. I don't know his backstory too well off the top of my head. Uh, but I believe Ghost Rider's powers can kind of just freeze him. Make him cry. <laughs> Make him cry on the inside. Um, reptile? Reptile? You know who that is? Reptile? Rep, 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 there's no E. Reptile from Avengers Academy and oh, su- oh, su- Superhero okay. Squad. Okay. Him versus Beast Boy. I don't even know how to answer that now because um, if I'm being honest, I'm not too familiar with Beast Boy in the, the New 52. Neither am I. I, I, know, only, I only know him for Tidy Titans. I know he's red now. Um, Rep, or Beast Boy is. He's red. Is it Rep, isn't Reptile dead? In, uh, in Avengers Arena? Yeah. I, have, I haven't read that in a while, but I, I know isn't like everyone dead except no. for Hazmat or something. No, not yet. Um. They they actually did a kind of interesting story. Um, I'm trying to think where um, I think it was a, the recent most recent issue um, where Christos Gage actually came in uh-huh. and, and wrote because you know he wrote all, most of these characters. Avengers Academy, yeah. And so it's just like, how can all these kids be kidnapped and no one cares about them? Have Have you ever thought about that? Have you seen anyone? Because because no one knows who they are. That's what I'm no, going to go no, with. Like like all 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 uh, the people at the Avengers Academy or the other Runaways. Yeah. You know, it, it's like you know, there the there's the the kid from the Captain Britain whatever Academy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, how can no one have noticed that all these these kids are are gone? They're trapped in a single point in time. So I I so I reviewed that issue and I, I was like, this is kind of interesting because you know I, don't, I haven't seen any assamps. And there, one comment was like. People have been asking about this. It's like I've never seen that come up. 
You know, it's, no. it's, everyone's always like, like, oh, this book is horrible because it's. I mean, and you know, I I do understand the the fans of these characters and and how it feels like they're just brutally killing off these kids, just like exploit exploitively or whatever, yeah, gratuitously. Um, I don't buy necessarily that they're dying, but we'll see. So there is a the the one issue. I don't. Remember, I think it was thirteen. Um, where they they kind of explain how that works. And then, I gotta get back on that book. That was that was a fun book when I was reading it. And then I did read the next issue that comes out. I think um, when this podcast goes up, I think it comes out. Okay. So that's all I'll say. X twenty three. It's gonna be cool. Something happens. Um, so I I I um, I'm gonna maybe see Beast Boy from Teen Titans Go. I I have no uh, I don't know anything about these characters. I can't give an opinion. I because I, I didn't like Rep, Reptile from Superhero Squad. I didn't really care for him there. So and yeah. and Avengers Academy. I was like reading it, then I kind of stopped reading a little bit. Then I'd pick up an issue or two, and so I I didn't read a whole lot with him, and I I didn't really like him at first. Uh, the one issue, first issue I read with him, and um, what about Iceman versus Killer Frost? <sighs> Well, Ice, Ice Man. Yeah, definitely now. I don't know if you read the, the last Wolverine and the X-Men where he, he made that big giant ice Voltron. Yeah, he's horribly overpowered now. Or yeah. he has been in the past few years, like well, past six or seven years. And Marjorie Liu just um, did a big crazy story arc with him, which um, people should definitely check out. Unfortunately, that series is ending, which is sad. Yeah. But, but I guess she has a, another secret book. Marjorie Liu is like one of the coolest creators out there so just want to i'm gonna out. go with van jensen uh, yeah it, because this, is the, van, this the, is the van jensen podcast this is the van jensen podcast <laughs> um and we, <laughs> he's super nice yeah iron man versus lex luther in his armored suit iron uh, i almost said iron man but uh, no iron man yeah oh god i don't like this one you go first <laughs> i i would almost say iron man because lex Gets distracted with his his arrogance. Yeah, I think. But I think Tony does too. Yeah, not you, but Tony Stark. Well, Tony Stark is he has a better track record. He's he's yeah. he's won more battles than Lex has. If yeah, I want to put it that way. So, well, Lex Luthor is a villain. He's supposed to lose. Yeah. So he should reconsider that. Um. Yeah, Iron. But Man, then yeah. Forever Evil. You know, because it. Uh, it's all bad guys plus Batman. Yeah, and then they're gonna lose. But Batman's no, because he <laughs> all the heroes die, but you can't have Batman die or disappear or whatever. Who said it? all the heroes are dying? That's a uh, the, the the all those teasers. It's like the heroes are gone or heroes are dead. It's not, I'm I'm assuming something big is or crazy is gonna happen from Trinity War. Yeah, because one issue left. Yeah, so that's gonna lead into Villains Month, which is. But then also because we there's that one teaser where there's that female Green Lantern, and, yeah, yeah, and in Jeff Johns' last issue, it's like blah blah blah. I forget her name. The, the first female Earth Green Lantern that Simon Baz trained after the Justice League died, or something like that. Oh, so yeah, but you know, Batman is Batman, so he's gonna team up with the bad guys or something. I don't know. At least in that that teaser ad, he's he's hanging out with all of them. That could be anybody. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Okay, this is from Killen. 
K-I-L-O-N. Killing. Do you think Moon Knight will ever get his own movie or TV series or will never because of the whole Batman aspect? I don't get the whole comparison Moon Knight is Batman. And I, do I. And, and you guys are I'm, – I'm glad you guys didn't rip on, on Moon Knight on your podcast. When I, I was, love Moon Knight. When, I listen to that whole podcast. I'm sorry about that. That was a nightmare of a keep, podcast. Keep tabs on, on you guys. Now, some guys liked it. And um, there's one one person in particular who says, oh, I'm glad Tony wasn't there nitpicking about continuity and stuff like that. It's like, sorry, I'm doing my job. You know, got to point these things out. Um, it was chaotic. I didn't like it. Um, we'll just blame Greg. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's listening. Here's what's going to happen with, the, with with Moon Knight in the future forever. Um, I love the character. I'm a big fan of the character. There is no way he'll ever get a TV series. Let's just be completely like just honest and like about this. It's not going to happen. It never will happen. I, you know, I, I kind of could see it happening maybe because I, I, I think there's not going to be a Moon Knight movie. I don't think that necessarily would happen. No. So I think it'd be easier if Marvel says, hey, let's do some sort of vigilante TV show. You know, you can't do a Spider-Man TV show. I mean, yeah. they they could try, but well, they did that once already. Yeah, uh, I remember they were saying it's like, it's like, oh, they're gonna do like Spider-Man, like Smallville style. You know, like you know, in high school, which could maybe kind of work, but again, it's all about the the budget and special effects. Yeah, but I think they could do a moon. I mean, if you look at like Arrow, you know, with with his you know Street Justice and all that, it's like uh-huh. you, you could almost do a, a Moon Knight TV series, and then you know if they want to do with the you know the Stephen Grant um rich um persona and uh um the cabbie Jake Lockley um yeah. Corey just sent me a, a text I was got got distracted by that stop um, it Corey you're interrupting and uh so yeah they they I think I could see them playing out the, the different aspects of that but there are there are so many better like kind of vigilante non-powered Marvel characters that could easily carry their own show. Like, like if Punisher had his own show and make it less violent, obviously don't take it to the Ennis level of violence or even Hawkeye. Like those are characters people would love to watch week to week. And most people know who almost everybody knows who Punisher is. Most people know who Hawkeye is. Moonlight is such a low level B list character. Get ready to write an angry comment about me saying that, uh, and I love the character, but he I just don't think he could hold his own show. I don't know. We'll see. <clears throat> I I think it could maybe happen. I mean and when is the bubble gonna pop for comics in I entertainment? I don't know. It's I mean, gotta be coming soon. Well it's just like more and more, um you know, you're you're seeing it's it's like like Hollywood is is even reaching, you know, because they, they know they, they can't get the Marvel and D C stuff. So it's it's almost like you know they're they're searching out you know look at two guns which yeah. you know pe- so many people didn't even know that was um a comic movie yeah well clones getting a TV show on ABC yeah um so it's it's like you know s- stuff like like that and you know so it's the, the other studios they're gonna want to try to reach for that um. So I don't know. I, I I think it could happen. I do not. All right, we'll see when it happens. I'll say in, <laughs> in your face. You'll text me. Psh. Yeah. Say face. Um. 
You know, I, I'm just imagining that moment when you're going to do it. Um, second question from Killen. Do you have Joss Whedon's number to ask him if he can put Hydra, AIM, Ultimatum, and Zodiac into his S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series? Let me find my phone. I do. It's, uh, my... it's 1-800-588-2300-EMPIRE today. 800 588 588 2, 300 empire today um yeah so i he's 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 busy now so i don't know if he's going to have time call his backup number it's 773212 luna okay um <laughs> midwestern commercials which are which are the top heroes nobody cares about moon knight not top hero. Yeah, he's top with me. <laughs> it's so biased. Um, really, because so, Modok's a top hero for me, and he's not even a hero. You know, I would say a top hero that that a lot of people don't care about is Superman. I'd go Wonder Woman. True, because at one point, did you know Superman was insanely more popular than Batman was? That was the forties. In the I 50s. mean, it's just crazy because there was like millions, like 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 two or three million comics copies were being sold. So really, there's, there's like like like, like a, over a million people were reading single issues of comics. Not just Spawn number one. I mean, it, it's you know they're they're talking about it. It's just like it's like yeah, you know, each comic was a dime, but a dime was was like a, a dollar in today's money. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's. It's crazy how, and you know, this is all from that that book that I I can't remember. What, Superman by Dave, by Dave or David or someone else. But it's it's also it's like the the, the creator the Siegel and Schuster. They they were paid pretty well when when they were working. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's not like you know they they didn't sell the rights for like a dollar thirty eight and then get screwed. You know because they they worked on it for years and you know they were had pretty nice salaries for the time but of yeah. course and other what people may not realize there was a superman incorporated not like batman incorporated but there is actually you know where they put out all the different merchandise and stuff like that so you know they were making a killing yeah off all that stuff and you know they weren't seeing that money but you know so that was i think um uh con- continuing from um what was i just saying Top, oh, top, from, top from the, the the Dennis Calero podcast because we we kind of got into the the topic of creators' rights and it's yeah. like you know it's like they they created the characters but then it's like who did all this stuff because also the other thing people might not have realized it was actually um I, and now I'm getting confused if it was Bill Finger or Bob Kane that actually did some of like uh, Superman's origin or like story like in the in the 40s because you know they they when he first came out, he had a super brief, you know, eight panel origin. Yeah. And then, so that was an action comics. And when Superman number one came out, they kind of did some more. And then like the newspaper strips, you know, they, they, there's, there's a one origin where Krypton was in our solar system. And oh, wow. it, it, people didn't realize it because it was on the other side of the sun. Like new Krypton. Yeah. So, but, um, there, there was one point where I, I just, I can't remember if it was Bill Finger or Bob Kane actually told you know more of the story about that so it's like this whole question is like yeah Siegel and Schuster created Superman but then you look at you know all the other stuff that 
everyone else has added to that, you know, w- would he still be the same person? Like if mm-hmm. the guys in charge of Detective Comics or National, you know, if they didn't make all the decisions they did, because mm-hmm. um, Siegel and Schuster actually had this character called Funny Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> and um, didn't do too well because they they self-published that. And um, see if Funny Man's in here. He is. Seven oh, seven right. issues, yeah. Seven issues, and and it, it didn't it didn't last. He looks hilarious. The last creation of Superman creators, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. So they they self published this. They you know want to do their own, and um, yeah, didn't didn't quite quite work out. So that's weird. How you go from like <clears throat> this very stoic, like do no wrong Boy Scout character, like with all these superpowers. Um, well, back then he just had a limited. Uh, bunch of powers and like what do you want to do next i don't know how about this guy in this terrible suit trying to be funny and punch criminals in the face of the boxing glove and there is also this guy named sam jungle sam katzman that was involved with like the some of the superman serials that was greg's grandfather maybe he died in 1972 actually not 1973 in hollywood so i wonder if there's any relation great place to die right in hollywood yeah. Um, so yeah, Superman, Wonder Woman. Those are characters people don't care about as much as, as I, haven't, I haven't got to read Wonder Woman's issue this week, but the, I've actually been digging on that a lot. Um, I'm still, you know, I, I I like it. It's just it's so different from Wonder Woman that you know that I liked and read. Uh-huh. So I mean, I I totally respect what it is and can appreciate how you know it's it's good, but it's it's just it's so different. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I did read that issue, and it's things get get pretty crazy. So yeah, um, Silkaden says, <laughs> "Who do you think will win the following matchups?" You got more of these, okay? Spider Man twenty ninety nine versus Batman Beyond. I'm gonna go with Miguel on that one um, because I'm a bigger fanboy of uh, Miguel than I am of Terry. I call them by their first names. That's how close I am with these characters. Okay. Uh, let's see next. Miguel's, Miguel's much smarter. That's I'll go with that. Mm, he's so smart. He got got tricked into being addicted to drugs, and then and tried rewriting his DNA, and then that's how he got the spider stuff. Uh, smart people tend to have problems with addiction. Mm, well. But but no, it wasn't that. It's like he he wasn't even aware of it. Yeah, they they tricked him. Oh my goodness! I just got this tweet. It's just like, ugh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we're talking about Twitter now. Let's see what's going on on Twitter, Tony. See, so I got I, I got to be everywhere. Thanos with no Infinity Gauntlet versus Dark Side from pre New Fifty Two or Final Crisis. So Dark Side. Or Thanos. Are we talking about this kind of reboot Thanos where like Jason Aaron made him into just a kind of dextery? I don't know. I Darkseid's got the Omega beams. Exactly. So I mean And I'm a bigger fan of Fourth World, so I go with Darkseid. I really like Thanos, but I don't know. Yeah. I I hate Thanos. I like the Infinity Gauntlet. I hate Thanos. Oh man. Flashpoint Batman. Versus pre fifty two Batman. I got my answer. 
I don't. We, I mean, I'm going to go with pre 52 Batman, but we don't know enough about Thomas Wayne as Batman. I yeah. I mean, it. it <laughs> I'd be curious to see like what he was like in his slightly younger, you know. Yeah. Days yeah. and you know how long was he Batman and all that? But I almost think that he he's not as as precise. You know, uh-huh. he, he's he's more just like just run in there and and you know kill people, throw them off buildings, or you know shoot guns at them. Where yeah. Batman's going to be more more strategic. Yeah. So I I would go with the pre fifty two Batman. Yeah, agreed. Dakin versus Jimmy Hudson. Dakin. Oh oh oh, Wolverine son. And Jimmy Hudson, that's Ultimate Wolverine. Ultimate Wolverine kid. son. I don't, you know, I I don't even know what what the deal is with him right now, where he's at. He's on a tie-in in Ultimate Comics X Men with Jean Grey. I'm so bad in that. That that book is that's high five your mom good. Oh yeah, yeah, it's great. All the Ultimate books are really, really, really strong right now, and then they're all probably going to go away. So, mm-hmm. um, so who do you think would win? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Dakin based Dockin. just mostly Dakin, <laughs> the band Dakin, uh, based mainly on the um, pheromone stuff. Yeah, because it was like, hey, I'm sexy. Yeah, and, and Jimmy Hudson's like, oh, like, you are like, sexy. And then slit, slit your throat. Yeah. Um, I just think Dakin would be more ruthless. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy kind of is still young and holds back. Yeah. Um, William Cobb versus Wolverine. William Cobb. William Cobb is uh, he's the the Talon dude. He's uh, Dick Grayson's oh grandfather okay. or something. Or? <laughs> um, Dick Grayson's great grandfather. Who was the other person? Uh, Wolverine. Just Wolverine. 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 Wolverine always wins. He's the Batman of Marvel. Okay, that's it. Um. Question for Corey. What's it? Why is this? Hey, a, this, it's me. I'm Corey. This is in the wrong podcast, Life Boy. Um, let's see. I'm going to see if I can answer this. Um, oh, he was price gouged by his comic retailer. I went to my comic shop last week to pick up my pull list of Just League Dark, Phantom Stranger, and Threshold. I was in a hurry, so I didn't go to the comic shelf to see what was new. I just picked up my stack and bought a promotional Green Lantern ring. That was by the register for one ninety nine and left. When I got home, I remembered a few days prior to this on the site, a person commented the new Guardians twenty one included a free ring with the purchase. I can't go back to investigate whether I was ripped off because I live far away from my closest comic shop. So I decided to ask you because I am upset they would rip off a loyal customer. Thanks for your insight. Um, Wait, so he didn't get new Guardians. He went back later to get it, but he bought the ring prior? I don't know, because I, I remembered a few days prior on the site, a person commented, so maybe he bought maybe he bought New Guardians before, uh-huh. and then this trip, you know, so maybe he bought New Guardians, didn't get the ring, and then bought Just League Dark, Phantom Stranger's Threshold, and then bought the ring, because maybe they, they said, you get it free if you buy the comic, or buy it separate, so I yeah it's 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 hard to say. I mean it's I think what happened I don't know if it was with these where the rings didn't go out when they were supposed to. Yep, that happens quite a bit. So it it could be possible when you, this Life Boy got new guardians they didn't have the rings, they weren't shipped to him and then 
didn't keep track of or didn't know or you know maybe whoever rung it up didn't know. So I don't think they intentionally tried to doing it. I don't know about selling the rings. I don't know. I thought those were all supposed to be giveaway. Unless they are supposed to be giveaway. If you have leftovers, you can usually you could do whatever you want with them after that. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's hard to say. I'm, I don't think they're ripping you off. I think they just they forgot or whatever. Um, also, Lifeboy says, "What can you recommend for me for picking up for to pick up regarding Doom Patrol and Magog pre Kingdom Come?" Those are two I know little about and think I would like to read up on. Because Magog was in Justice Society of America. Yeah, that was um, the one, uh, Gog Cometh or whatever it was called. Um, Pre-Kingdom Come Magog, I don't know. I, it, I thought Kingdom Come was his first appearance. I'm trying to think because I know there's a couple issues of action comics he was in. His first appearance is, is Kingdom Come number one. I, so I wonder if he means like – before Kingdom Come happens in the comics, not in oh. in that's the only thing I can think of. Um, pick up the if you the, you have to get it in trade now because single or you, I'll let you borrow it. Um, Justice Society of America issue ten through pretty much to the end of the series, but I really recommend ten through about nineteen twenty. Um, it's called One World is the second part, and the first part is called The Kingdom Come. So it's the Justice Society and uh, Magog and this new character Gog. And I I couldn't tell you about Doom Patrol. I, I don't know anything about Doom Patrol. I mean, there is like the Vertigo, Grant Morrison, Doom Patrol, but that's that's a totally different thing. Yeah. So I don't know. Moy Jingo says hi, Tony and friend. Oh hi. I don't understand. Oh here we go. <laughs> Why you're so upset over Man of Steel? Um, because it was yeah. my opinion. Writing an article denouncing it a Superman movie when you never seem to have any similar reaction for Nolan's Batman movies. Is it that you're a much more Superman fan? Nolan's Batman movies removed the intellectual and detective aspects of the character, even reducing Henry Ducard and alias um, Lucius and Alfred helping him with everything. He killed. He didn't really kill. And he was willing to quit being Batman for a single girl. It was far more removed from the character than Man of Steel was. So why no article about how Nolan's movies were not Batman movies? See, I, I don't, I don't agree with it. And again, the the bottom line is, it's it's my opinion. That's true. Um, I, I see. Think, I'm, a, I'm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I say I'm a huge Batman fan, and I understand where he's getting at with the the detective aspect was really removed during uh, Dark Knight and uh, Dark Knight Rises. I felt like it was there for Batman Begins, mm-hmm. but. There's only so much you can pack into a film, um, and and you really got to go into a comic book movie thinking this is not the character I know. We're just getting kind of like a different unit. We're getting a, a Earth Two version, if you really want to put it like something like that. Never go into the movie thinking this is going to be just like my comic because you will come out pissed off. Um, and and for me, I'm a huge fan of Man of Steel. I love that movie. Yeah, it was kind of uh, explosion death porn at the end which was awful but uh i like i like the sci-fi take on it but we have already talked tony and i have talked about this personally numerous times yeah um i don't know i mean i just to me it's it's like i i think that there is enough aspects of batman you know there 
to to you know some extent. But with 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 Man of Steel, I don't know. It just and there's also the pacing of the movie. It was just you know like all over the place and 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 again, I I think more so than Batman, Superman shouldn't kill. Who cares? Yeah, because he's he's the the big blue Boy Scout. Not in this universe. Yeah, I guess not. This ain't your daddy, Superman. He's uh, I'm gonna make out with Lois Lane instead of saving people. Yeah, what are you thinking that? That's what I do if I had tons of power. Make out with Lois Lane. <laughs> yeah. That lady is beautiful. I would kiss her so much. It's it's just I don't know. I, I I don't understand why people have such a problem with me having an opinion. It's like it's it, I'm I'm not like. I'm not changing the world saying this is now how it is. It's just I It's because you're in a position where people respect your opinion. Obviously you have, not. <laughs> not no, when you're ripping it every you, know. you have credibility, they respect your opinion, and when you have an opinion that doesn't match theirs, it kind of offends them because in their head they're thinking we're always like, you know, we're buddy buddy with ideas and opinions, but now he doesn't agree with me. So I'm angry and I have to write F you on the internet. I actually I think Moy Jingo didn't agree with my um Batman and Nightwing review either. Really? So I was like, whatever, sorry dude. I mean, I'm that's how I felt about it and that's how it is. But I was happy to say Mark Wade also didn't kinda like Man of Steel. No, I like I like that order, that little essay you wrote. That was nice. Yeah. And and that's the thing, you know, I I'm not saying it was a horrible movie or anything. Um, you know, and if 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 I was so strongly opinionated, or whatever, I would say Greg Katzman's five star review needs to be banished from this site, and <laughs> and then bloop, it never happened. But no, it's like you know he thought it was a five out of five. I wouldn't give it a five out of five. I didn't think it was a horrible movie. You know, um, it's four for me. But I mean, I say I I I don't even know if I'd give it a four. I mean, there's things I did like, but there's things that just. There's things it, all, that, it all depends on how you view the character. Yeah, I mean and, that's really how how you take going to the movie with. That. I mean, because there's things that that I thought were kind of cool, but there or there's I mean there's things that bothered me. There's some things that kind of like broke my heart in a way. Just like that's yeah. not how it should be. But again, whatever. It's not my movie, so they they can yeah. do what they want. So uh, also, uh, hey guys, De- the end of Death of the Family. Loved it. Yeah. Take that. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's me. I'm gonna come on and, and give opinions that people hate. Um. Yeah, and you know if if there's a Man of Steel two, yeah, I'm gonna see it, but doesn't mean that you know I think Man of Steel is the greatest thing ever. So, uh, Muckle Flugga. Um, oh hi! I think Muckle Flugga also didn't agree with me, but whatever. I talk to him all the time. He's a, he's a delight. See, are all characters that dress up in costumes, either heroes or villains, mentally ill? Some are a lot more unstable than others, a la the Joker, of course. In a world without costume vigilantes, surely there is something wrong with Bruce's mind to make him dress up looking like a bat. Maybe it's different since he is a billionaire. It would look silly if some people dressed in bright colored spandex now and that in a world with comics to influence us. What is your opinion? So, yeah, that the reality is it doesn't translate into real world. Wolverine, if there's a guy in a yellow and blue costume, would look kind of silly. I giggle so much. So I mean, there there's just that separation. That's why when they did the X Men movie, they are wearing leather biker outfits, and yeah. that's why Batman's was like black armor instead of you know blue and gray. Well, Batman's outfit has a point. I mean, there, there's a yeah, function the, the ears, to it. 
Two points. The ear, I mean, the ears, not so much. Well, there's, there's antennas in there. There are two points. They're pointing. Yeah, I, I got it. I got, <laughs> Jesus, Tony. Uh, I mean, his outfit is, is meant to put fear into people or whatever. Well, you guys, you have guys like, uh, Who's in front of me right now? A Justice Society member, so it's not gonna. Yes, father. <laughs> like Jay Garrick, why does he have a metal a metal helmet on? There's probably a reason for it. These, these Hermes or whatever. Mercury. Like, that's right, Mercury. The, the FDR flower delivery guy. <laughs> or was it FDR FD, FTD? FDR was uh was the president. The president. There's the, the flower. The, the some some flower company that deliver flowers. I think it's FTD. I um, I, I've been saying, yes, Father, I shall become a bat around the house. And my daughter's like, why do you keep saying that? <laughs> because I'm mentally ill, daughter. Rah, rah, rah. So, yeah, I, I showed her the 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 like original um, year one and then uh-huh. zero year. So, I thought that was cool. Yes, everybody's mentally ill that wears outfits. Yeah. There's well, no I mean, point to it. No, I mean, that's, a, that's it's just, that's it's more accepted in, in the comic book world than it is in the real world but there are certain characters where like their outfits are like iron man like there's a point to that uh captain america it's like he's a symbol for american patriotism or whatever so like the red white and blue makes sense and you want you want tight fitting clothing because you don't want it like having a cape you know that doesn't make sense having a a trench coat doesn't make sense for some people if you're jumping around you know if you're more acrobatic or you know martial arts or whatever you know you don't want to have all that stuff flowing around. So, you know, you need something more streamlined. Yeah. So. Um, the Bat Dog. The Bat Dog. Just read Age of Ultron. Waste of time, by the way. This <laughs> is what the Bat Dog says. And I was wondering, can't the Beast just go back? I've never heard him referred to as the Beast. Can't the Beast just go back in time before the Phoenix Five ever happened and ask Scott not to kill Xavier? I think, I think his intention. I'm not really sure what his intentions were to to muckle flug with um, time so much. Yeah, the muck with time. I, I think he was looking at it as like by having them come to the present, they could say whatever, you know, shock Cyclops into doing the right thing as he saw it. And then they could be sent back and maybe have their, the the memories of that erased. If he tries going back in time before the Phoenix Five ever happened. Then that's where you're you're creating a paradox or whatever, or you know, temper, tampering with time in a bigger way by trying to actually change what would be his past. Uh huh. So I think that's that's a different there. That by having them come forward, it's not not as as big of an impact as trying to actually change the course. Yeah. And because you know he has to assume. Well, I have no recollection of you know journeying to this time when I was. A a wee lad, so mm-hmm. it must be okay if I do this. I don't know. Um, he says, this is the reason why DC doesn't have any continuity. Heroes don't know their own timeline. I'm not really sure. We need to go back in time to friend Doomsday killing Superman. How long was that? Well, it definitely is not five years ago. Can we at least, or can we try last year? Oh. So I was saying that because... The new fifty two five years is all messed up, so they they can't go back and. I wish they dropped that five year thing and just be like, you know what, uh, whatever. Well, that's the thing. Um, when when Brian Bucciolato did his Flash annual, uh-huh. it, it just said a few years ago or many years ago or something like that. 
It's like yeah. that's what they should have done. Like don't don't put a, a, a strict timeline on it. Unless that five years has something to do with something coming up. Yeah. Like if, is there is there a reason? Is there some importance behind that number? No. Then why did you say it? It just seemed that the, they they could should have at least gone with like seven years. You know, it's just like five years. It's not that much, and and yeah, it's seven is just adding two more. But you know, especially in the case of all the Robins, you know, it's yeah. just that that's just not a lot of time. Um, you can't do much. I mean, five years ago, I was on Comic Vine. <laughs> yeah. Um. Jiram Ganpat, if you could read any comic book series in black and white, what would it be? Walking Dead. De- demo um i do have to say the those director cuts i don't uh-huh. know if, if you've seen any of those like i i did pick up the zero year director cut because i'm a sucker uh-huh. for it and it's it's great stuff and um like hush was it hush unbound or unwrapped or something like that there's a the jim lee it's all in black and white yeah it's like the, the pencil and ink i, I think it's ink oh, too. okay okay so it's it's because uh, there, there's something. I see. I'm always torn about it. It's where you know I, I can appreciate a really you know great colored book, but it's like sometimes yeah. it's like you want to be able to see what the art looks like. You know, when you see the sketch covers, even where you know they're they're not not necessarily sketch covers, but you know they don't. Yeah, you can see the art a little better, and you know sometimes the the color does change quite a bit. You know, and it, again, it really depends on the colors. Like you yeah. know, if, if Betty Brettweiser colors something, I mean she totally changed everything in, in a in a great way yeah. so and and if you look like like the daredevil books i mean i i think the color has always been a big part of those as well so yeah. it'd be hard to i think it would almost change the vibe so i don't know i wouldn't mind seeing like uh Samapia Guerrero's stuff from wide last man in black and white without color i mean the color doesn't change that book too much but um what if it was like, like what if green lantern was in black and white um, I do have Green Lantern Black and White. I have a bunch of showcase stuff because I wanted to read the origin of him, but I didn't want to pay out the butt for it. But then it, it's not Green Lantern. No, it's it's hard to read. It's very hard to read. Um, yeah, so I don't know if there's anything else. Um, so Jerem Gampat would choose Nexus. Steve Rude started a series in Black and White, and his art is absolutely amazing. See, similar to that, uh, that just kind of reminded me of, of Madman because when yeah. when Madman started, it there was it was black and white with like some gray tones, and you know it was I loved it, and but then Laura Allred's colors just do such a, an amazing thing as well. Yeah. So it's it, that's that's tough. Life Boy again says here's an attempt for me to stump you. By the way, no looking at my answer below. Okay. What comic book character or team would you best say represents rock and roll or any type of music genre? That's a subjective question. There's no answer. What about Kiss? There's a Kiss team on our site. Wait, read read it one more time. What comic book character or Mm. team would you best say represents rock and roll or any type of music genre? Well, Kiss isn't a comic book team. They're a band that became a comic. Um, what I mean, I mean, you could almost say, we say, well, when I think like the X Men, like maybe you know they, they kind of got like sort of like like not necessarily like they were punks, 
but you know they they were kind of you know against not against society they were outside of society uh-huh and i don't know i don't know where i go with, with i go with punk rock jesus yeah, but that doesn't i don't know i mean i, I was going to say in that a, he's too he's in a punk band <laughs> yeah um okay cuz then he says don't look at my answer below until you answer you've answered okay his pick is justice league dark because of devil worshipping and all that associated with heavy metal Justice League Dark worships the devil? Uh, none of them worship the devil that I'm aware of. And who, rock and roll doesn't worship the devil necessarily. Well, heavy metal, that there's a there's this stereotype that yeah. heavy metal people are devil worshippers. Hey, so was Justice League Dark 23 Jeff Lemire's last issue of Justice League Dark? What? I think that might have been. You missed it. You didn't review it. Uh, no, I read it. But you didn't review it. You missed a chance to review his final issue, maybe. That's his final issue? I know he's leaving. I'm not sure if that's exactly his final. Cause Wait, I have been out of it. Who is picking it? Who's going to be writing it? Someone asked me that um, Wednesday on Twitter, which maybe, because, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think maybe, I, I would say, I don't know if, if they've even announced it, but I, actually, it's got to be in the, the solicits. Hold I would, on. I would say... Um, Ray Fox would would probably he'd probably be because he's he's been doing some co-writing right on Justice League Dark yeah he has been he did the whole Timothy Hunter stuff which I loved <clears throat> um so see because I mean the thing is you can look at yeah. solicits solicits aren't always accurate you know they're saying uh, Jeff said on uh, on his Twitter account uh, that was his last issue okay because uh yeah, so 24, Justice League Dark 24, the solicit says it's written by Ray Fox. Okay, I'll take that. Um, but again, they, they were saying that Brett Booth was still drawing Nightwing like two issues after you know he was already off the book when he yeah. left. Um, and then like they had a, um, Mahmoud Asrar. He was listed in the solicit for Supergirl. 23. Oh, he was doing was, he was uncanny or ultimate, ultimate X-Men. Yeah, cuz he he left, he you know, so he he yeah. he stopped doing Supergirl, but he was still listed of the day the comic came out. Yeah. Um Justice League Dark 25 says it's written by JM DeMatteis. Uh, I like him on Phantom Stranger. I don't Well, this is a Forever Evil tie-in, so Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. So maybe yeah, and then we don't have solicits for twenty six. God, this like here's the thing with that with Justice League Dark. It was a book that I was super excited about. I didn't. It was Peter Milligan, wasn't it? Yep, I'm pretty sure. I I didn't like his run on it. I didn't. I don't. It was too. I know it's gonna sound really dumb. It was too mystic heavy for me. Um, Jeff Lear, Jeff Lemire really. I guess it's still very mystic heavy, but grounded the book a bit more. And I just I enjoyed reading it and. Uh, I want to. I don't. Jeff Lemire, come back. Come on, just for me because that's, that's all I have left. Um, second Before question. I start crying. Second question related. Can we post our fan art on the Sunday artist picks segment comments thread? I'm tired of seeing artists I don't like and think are mediocre when I'm better than they are. One at Whoa! Least. Slow down, slow down the the cockiness train. This is Life Boy. Um, I mean, the thing with with the 
I mean, that that's the thing that bothers me with with one one comment I'll, I'll see pop up every once in a while. People will be like, like, oh, I'm I'm tired of of the kid characters because you know you got Agnes Garboska, you got um Chris G, awesome. Chris, Chris G. Russo, awesome, and, and you can even say you know Scotty Young, you know, also where, awesome. where, where they draw those. So it's like where someone says I I I hate the the kid versions, all that, but it's like. That's fine, but there are so many people that do like that. You know, there's people that pay, you know, top. To, Agnes, she's been at like a million conventions this year. Yeah. And, and the, the ones that I've been to where she's at, she's like slammed with, she's with commissions. She's like the day in. She's, she's booked completely for yeah. the weekend. And she's like, you know, where, where, you know, some creators, you know, they'll they'll go out, they'll, you know, do different things or go to a party or hang out. You know, she's like basically drawing the entire weekend. Yeah. So, People like it, and and that's the thing. It's, it's like art especially is so subjective. So what one person likes, someone else may not like. So, I mean, it, it just bothers me when, when people are like, like, oh, nothing was good here. And it's like, really? But that's the thing. It's like – and they're all different styles. You know, It's, it's not going to be just one style because that would be boring if yeah. everything was the same. If um, everything was 90s Jim Lee. Yeah. Um, and you know, I like nineties Jim Lee, but you don't want everything oh, to be, but I mean, but that's what everyone's yeah. style was in 1994. Yeah. So life boy, what I have to say, you know, there is that, the artistic, what art, artistic show off, art show off, artistic show off forum where I, you know, I, I tied a thread too. You can post your stuff there. Just create a thread and post all your stuff there. My rule with the, the awesome art picks is, um, the, the artists that I, I select have to have been publishing a comic you know every once in a while i'll come across like someone really good on like deviant art and i'll be like oh this is so cool and then it's like they don't have any credits or you know they, they haven't done anything so it's like you know there there's one thing about trying to showcase that but that that's a whole different angle which isn't the way yeah. this segment started so but yeah i mean post your stuff you know you know post it in a thread and let your 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 pictures speak for your Money or your mouth or whatever, what I'm trying to say. Um, anime Hunter. Who hunts anime for a living. Says, thanks for answering my question. Oh, I did a, a video. Let's see, I'm trying, it was just recently. So I did a, it was the one about the government agencies in the Marvel universes and how you know they're allowed to kill and make up their own rules. And they want to know like which was worse, Marvel or DC. Yeah. So I did a video on that. Um, so it says, guess what I need to do is look at it in terms of gray and not black and white. So, um, so here's another question. How far is too far? How far can people like Amanda Waller take the way they do things and not be considered as bad as the bad guys she's supposed to be protecting the people against? You Amanda know? Waller is a bad guy to me and always will be. Yeah, I mean, she's trying to do it for the greater good. So it's like, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of trying to defend her. Not that I, I agree with, with her character's essence or whatever, but she's saying that, you know, these are the things that need to get done and I'm going to get my hands dirty to make sure they do it. So if, if a few people need to be sacrificed in order to protect the others, that's the way it's going to be. And, you know, she's also looking at it as, you know, especially with Suicide Squad, you know, these criminal scum that she's using you know, and threatening mm-hmm. Justice League of America. That's, that's getting a little douchier because, you know, they didn't yeah. even, even know. 
I just think it's crazy. Speaking of Justice League of America and all that, I think it's crazy how that all just kind of blew up so suddenly. I thought it was going to go on longer, where because like you know they all know why they were created and all that, and yeah. you know, and the Justice League knows why they were created. So I was kind of surprised that you know all that escalated so 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 quickly. So quickly. Um, but you know they got stories to tell, I guess. So. Um, which could result in is heroes like Batman saying enough is enough and attempts to shut them down. Although if such action is taken would mean that he would be fighting the government as well as they are the ones that gave her the position and responsibility in the first place. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's the thing is if, if you believe in the government or if you believe in the government DC universe, if they appoint these people, if they don't have any safeguards to monitor them or, you know, if they continue to let them do that, um, I don't know. Um, Jinx Yuandi. I should probably, how much time do you have? Because this is, my podcast is at two hours now. Um, I'm just hungry. I'm alone. My girlfriend's out getting her nails did. I got so much to do. So maybe. Um, we'll do a couple more. Okay. So Jinx Yuandi. Um, the end of Man of Steel, again, made me wonder. Do super-powered Kryptonian corpses of people like Zod and Superman decompose? And if so, do they do so at the same rate as humans? If Superman's hair is invincible, wouldn't that imply that their bodies stick around forever since hair is technically dead tissue? This may be addressed during Death of Superman, but I have yet to read it since it first came out. I mean, he shaves in the... Not in the movie, but I mean, he has a beard, and then he doesn't have a beard, and then he's got longer hair, and then shorter hair. Um, yeah, because I mean, if he, if he, you know, every time he got his hair cut, it's not like this hair is around forever and is huge, you know, pile outside the barn that they can't do anything with. Um, well, no, I, I mean, I would say that the bodies would decompose because you know they're they're powered by the sun, and. You know, maybe at some point when the bodies die, they can't process the solar energy that enhances them. So then it's it's just it's it's like if you have a battery that's sitting around, you know, it's it's not going to keep its charge forever. Eventually, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's going to die even if it's not being used. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say it's like that. That eventually it may take longer to decompose, but it, it would decompose eventually. That's my I agree. Answer. Um, Circle gets the square. All right. Uh, this be the last one. Yeah, it better be a good one. Okay, where'd it go? It's Ectoborge. Um, if you had to kill off a character, how would you want them to die? If I would kill off a character, how would I want them to die? But it doesn't specify which character you want to die. Oh. It depends on the story, depends on the character, if it's a villain or a hero or like, oh, man. I mean, if it's a hero, you'd want them to go out and, you know, a blaze of glory. You know, you, you want it to have meaning. You know, you don't want it just to be uh, a pointless death. You know, like, like like every comic character death is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, like 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 um, Johnny Storm, Human Torch. Yeah. And um, even though he didn't die, obviously, you know, it didn't happen. Um, you know, he he sacrificed himself for the safety of, of the kids of Franklin and Valeria and Ben Grimm, who was depowered at the time. Uh-huh. 
you know, so he fought off the hordes of whatever in, in the negative zone. So it's like, you know, that was kind of a noble death, you know, and, and he, you know, he flamed on and he's just like jumped in there and they all pile on top of him and it appeared that he was dead. But then if you have someone like Damien, you know, yeah, he's, he's doing this, this, this fight and it, it was a pretty epic fight, you know, the hand to hand combat and all that. But then it's like, what was the point of his death? You know, cause like Talia's crazy plan, you know, it, it didn't, I, you know, I, I didn't think that was a great death. No. So I, I think that's the thing. If, if they're going to die, it should be like something big and flashy and, and not cliche or not, you know, there should be a reason to it. Not just happen to happen okay i got mine the hero is skydiving and uh his chute will not open and 2000 feet he drops and he just smacks his face on the concrete and he's he's almost dead then a two-ton safe falls on him somehow he survives and he gets out but the safe opens up and hot lava and acid pour all over his body and then the earth blows up. There you go. Okay. If you could choose a comic book death for yourself, what would it be? I guess <laughs> two 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 bullets in the back. I was gonna. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna say it. it's kind of inappropriate. Um, <laughs> it's very inappropriate. Whatever. Um, when Speedy was doing heroin. <laughs> That's how you want to die. I, I'd be the junkie next to Speedy Dead. Okay. That would be your, your comic book dream. It's my comic book dream is to die on heroin. See, you should change it so you, you're at least on that, that, that cover. No, no, I'm off cover still. See, so it's, it's like, there's no point. It's like, you don't Speedy, even get, no! You, you don't even get the, like, that iconic cover that everyone knows. No one knows, remembers what the actual scene inside looks like. Like Green, Green Arrow comes in, he's like, Speedy, stop it! Speedy's like, well, what about this guy? And it just cuts to me, like, drooling over uh, myself, OD'd on heroin. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Ecto Borge, his would be Poison Ivy's Kiss. That's how he wants to die. Oh, you can take Kisses' as death? Oh, Poison man. Ivy's Kiss. I, I've already... I've already made my uh, my plan. You, you took the the kiss of heroin. Kiss of heroin next the to kiss of, next of, to the sidekick of a hero. What's the the white white stallion? White? I don't I don't even know what the the the, the white word. Ho- horse. It's just the horse. See, I don't I don't know what the I don't know drug the, slang too well. It's a street lingo for for that stuff. So. so that's Guy a podcast. <laughs> Dying by heroin. Don't do heroin, kid. Don't do drugs. Heroines. Don't do the heroines. Don't do it. <laughs> All right. That is this week's podcast. So thanks to Van Jensen. Uh, thanks, it's, it's, it seems like it was so long that I talked to him. It was just an hour ago. It was like an eternity with you, Matt. Yeah, that's how it feels. I'm sad that I missed Van Jensen because I he is my buddy. You know, I, uh, I, I got I got to figure out the like the two way calling on Skype. <laughs> it's not. It's not. You just add somebody else. It's pretty easy. Oh, I've never done it. What I do all the time. Maybe I only I only have group calls because I'm uh, popular. You just like you like doing the. Never mind. You know what I was going to say. Heroin next to Speedy. <laughs> In the three ways. Three way, three way heroin. Yeah. Yeah. All right. If you have any questions, you can go to the general forum, Ask G Man video questions thread. 
So this is that was post eight forty three. Um, we've got like a page and a quarter um, left. So you can ask questions there. You can go on Twitter. Oops, I did not check if there are any. Um, if you use a hashtag Ask G Man. Um, Mm. Hashtag SG man. Oh man, you know this, the thing is, someone else has been someone what? else has been using the hashtag. Really? Well, yeah, like someone's like favorite lake. Like what the? What? <laughs> Who is your biggest role model in fishing? Ask G man. <laughs> Who is it? Biggest uh. bass caught to date. Just keep using it and ask a fishing slash comment question. Will you give a brief description of how you dial in the sonar of you graph to allow you to see a drops shot or bottom content? Oh, here it is. It's it's Gerald Swindle from Alabama. Gerald. I'm checking out his website. I'm going to tell you guys if I like it. Oh, he's a fisherman. He looks very friendly, Tony. Don't get. There's oh, so many. He calls, he calls himself G-Man. Shh. <laughs> I don't know what he's he's doing. Not, there's like one person, Wired to Fish, is, is the person's Twitter name. He's got more followers than you on uh on the Twitter. Oh, does he? Yep, he does. You know what that means? You got to get rid of your name. Wait, where's he at? Gerald Swindle. Gerald Swindle has twelve thousand. Yep. All right, people. Here's your mission. You need to get me more than twelve thousand five hundred followers. I can take him down. Yeah, see, I also have Comic Vine. That that's like the the joint Twitter. I mean, we all run that one, Tony. Yeah, sometimes. Some well, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. You guys, you guys can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Inferior Ego. Hi. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So ask your questions there. Uh. Do the iTunes thing. Give it a review, rating, that stuff. You can listen to Matt's. Versus the net. We have a great show. We, we had a sold out live show. It was great. You should listen to my podcast. Yeah. And, um, um, un, unwatchable. Was it? Barely watchable. Barely season watchable. Three, episode seven or eight will be out when this comes out. Yeah. There you go. So as a podcast, um, let's see, there will not be a Friday podcast. No. Unless Matt does something. Cause I will be in Seattle at PAX. Were we talking about, Next week or like tomorrow for me? Uh, Next week for you because this goes up on Wednesday. I might be at the hospital. Oh, deed. Okay. With with Speedy. Speedy. So, so, all right. There is your show. Uh, Check out Van Jensen stuff. Um, Check out our stuff. And we'll talk to you not on Friday, but soon. In the future. Yeah. Bye, guys. So, so my question, my question is, is, could it be? We don't know. And I would like to I'm ask you which comic book does affect you most emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. That's the question. I'll oh, shake your head. I love Alan Davis. This is a John Byrne issue. I love Alan Davis. I, 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 I wasn't a fan of this. That's the question. You can't blame the immediate creative team. I give this a two. two.